Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Move Happy Movement podcast with Erin Nicole. My name is Peter Kim, and I've been a fan of the Move Happy Movement for a very long time. What I love about Erin and the Move Happy Movement is that Erin brings relevant topics with relevant data and research. On this show, Erin interviews a variety of leaders to help you empower you to find your own happiness. Maybe you're the next rock star. Maybe you're the next and up and coming brain surgeon. Whatever it is you inspire to do with your life, Move Happy is here to help you bring you out of the dark days and help you keep trained up with the most current and relevant information to provide your for your communities. Make sure you stay tuned to the very end to find out about a very, uh, about a VIP private competition. All right, this is Hiram Figueroa here on the Move Happy Movement podcast. Here we go. Well, hey, you know, it's it's an honor and I can tell you that it's the first time, second time really to be on a podcast, but I've heard a lot of great things about you and I've, I've heard that you can leverage your podcast and reach out to a lot of people mm-hmm. that have not yet to be able to hear what's going on. So I love to be able to collaborate and let's get this going because it's Friday. You got to hit the okay. gym. <laughs> I got- yes. And we might have a surprise visit from your wife in a little bit. We'll see. We'll see. Still eating tacos. <laughs> she's, she's hangry. She's hangry. Yes. I love it. Uh, for those that you know don't know your background and whatnot, um, let's talk about a little bit of your origin story. Sure. So I'm originally from New York. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I'm Puerto Rican, first first generation. Grew up in Brooklyn, and at the age of 17, joined the Marine Corps. Left Brooklyn, and it was the beginning of a new Hiram. So I joined the Marine Corps for 14 years. Traveled, served in combat, Persian Gulf uh, veteran. Mm-hmm. Got out of the Marine Corps, had a hard transition. It's nothing like what's going on today, how we're going to be able to educate you to yep. get through the transition. Absolutely. We didn't have cell phones and we didn't have nothing like it was the mm-hmm. yellow books, the yellow pages and the white mm-hmm. pages. Mm-hmm. So from that point, I, I found a job, uh, worked for UPS while I was applying for the fire department. Uh-huh. Figure it for a little bit. And so mm-hmm. 25 years later, I'm working for UPS. Mm-hmm. So I... I decided that um, after 25 years, I get out because as people don't know, maybe you don't know, but I'll let everybody know in the public, UPS has a high divorce rate. So oh, because I did not know that. Right, because here's what's going on. UPS is in the top five organizations, right, with mm-hmm. uh, law enforcement, iron workers, you know, versus ah. that we have a high divorce rate. Because we have, we suffer from alcoholism, bad credit, adultery, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. divorces, child what support. You associate with, yeah. yeah. So that's what it is. So when I found myself working like 17 hours a day, right? The salary. And my wife is a newlywed and she's like calling me. It's 10 o'clock and I'm still at work and I left the house at six o'clock. Yeah, right? that's no good. <laughs> That's no good. So I decided to get out of that, you know, and then medically retired. Then moving forward, I applied for a couple of federal jobs. But to make Mm -hmm. a long story short, found a federal job and right here in the VA, worked in the VA here in in Los Angeles. I won't mention the the, uh, facility, let's just say in the greater Los Angeles area. Yeah. 
you know, and worked there for six years. So pretty much it was a culture shock because when you work for a for-profit organization in corporate America, it's mm-hmm. all about production. Yeah. When you go to federal government, it's all about alliances of who you know and it's not what you know, what you can do for me. And then if you could do something for me, I might do something for you. And if yeah. you're against me, I will alienate you. Mm. So that's a form of a strong toxic. Yes. Yeah. Extreme cancel culture where people will, you know, they can't control you, yeah. but they'll control other people and in, in uh, I persuade them to give them misinformation that would be false, mm-hmm. that will cause heartache and lack of credibility in your point mm-hmm. to make you feel sick and force you to quit or make you feel alienated and not to do anything. So wow. that's a form of depression and PTSD Absolutely. over everybody else, you know? Absolutely. So, so that's pretty much now. Now I work for the Army Corps Engineers. It's a whole different thing. I'm working from home as mm-hmm. we speak. It's a Excellent. big thing. You know, it's, it's great to understand the levels, but, you know, back to you, it's able to have the conversation of what we're having today in today's mm-hmm. society, uh, you know, real life scenarios, Mm-hmm. pre-post-pandemic of what, what's going on. Mm-hmm. So you have the floor. So what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's incredible going back to right before Army Corps position. So in this toxic work environment, someone is manipulating how people view you, perceive you uh, in that culture. And it's who you know. Uh, it's so poignant that you had that experience and that you had that post on LinkedIn because I was like oh my gosh did he read my mind because two three months ago went through something very similar different industry right Um, but I could relate to how someone could uh, poison your inner circle and how devastating that can be uh, especially for me with the association (laughs) of the content of which they were sharing that was not accurate of being a mental health uh, business owner and telling everyone that I wanted to end my life. Not true. Well, that's a, good, <laughs> that's a classic case of uh, character assassination. Yes. And association alienation, yep. where they find something that they collaborate with each other. They might yep. not like each other, but if they yeah. find something in common and they don't like you, guess what? They put their differences aside and you're the flavor of the month. And we're going to yeah. do everything we can yeah. to enforce our two inches of power to make your life miserable. So yeah. we will alienate you so you can second guess yourself and feel depressed and take it out on your family yeah. members when you leave. Yeah. So. Incredible. Incredible. So I'm grateful that there was a bunch of random stranger veterans and first responders that helped me out in that time. Cause during a pandemic, when you're kind of in lockdown situation, your business is tied up with digital hackers. You can't control anything around you, but all of a sudden you meet some stranger people that start helping you to restore your identity again. It was never gone, but it well, felt like it was. <laughs> what happens when you're in that scenario, right? You start second guessing yourself. You forget yeah you are Mm -hmm. you come with this presence that you know you can make a difference in this work environment when people see yourself as an independent strong individual Mm -hmm. they get intimidated instead of embracing the change now they they tell on themselves by showing their weaknesses Mm -hmm. of how insecure they are and then instead of uh, taking accountability of themselves they take it on people like you and me 
yeah. then they say, you're the problem, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what happens to a lot of veterans now, getting back to what we talked about. Yeah. Just like you and first responders, and especially veterans, we're all built a certain way. Mm-hmm. And we're in that environment where we're supposed to step up and respond. Mm-hmm. And then there's nothing that's happening during the backstory. Mm-hmm. And we stuck from that. Guess what? It affects your way of thinking, yep. how you see people, your lack mm-hmm. of trust. And yep. then you have to have that passive aggressive or, you know, attitude that you've got to be careful when you leave the work environment. Yeah. That when you go home, your loved one's going to say, what's going on? Next thing you know, you explode. Something tricky. Exactly. You. Yeah, exactly. So what do you and, think about? And how do we, I think that's a great point. How do we separate our work stress from our home stress now that many of us are working from home? <laughs> well, you know, the pandemic has created the new work at home, to, you know, work evidence, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's a blessing in disguise, but there's a, cu- a couple of things that are, are, that's a caveat to this. And the caveat is this, right? We're so used to personally, physically, you know, mentally, visually engaging people mm-hmm. yeah. in their space. You can feel the person's mm-hmm. and you can feel the vibe. You can tell by the tonation. Mm-hmm. You can tell the, you know, once you see that person, that person's a hard day, having a hard day. Yeah. Versus when we're in the high call in a Zoom concert, right? We both have silhouettes. We're both, yeah. we're, we're both good, right? But... <laughs> We're not feeling each other's energy, but at the same time, we're having communication. So yeah. as human beings, we're designed to communicate. We're built yeah. to communicate and collaborate and yeah. to have, right? We're supposed to have some kind of culture that mm-hmm. allows us to evolve because we're constantly thinking. Yeah. So for us, if you're not personally growing on a daily basis, you're mentally dying. Yep. So what happens in the pandemic, you're starting to see that because... Other people like yourself and I, myself, during the pandemic, we've had to globally alienate ourselves because of the health. What yep. does that? They cause a lot of stress, a stife, mm-hmm. and everything else. And then what you're starting to notice is things that you never noticed before: is that there's certain situations that come up that's work-related or relationship-related yeah. that can that's that's more or less related to the cancel culture mm-hmm. of how you're being assassinated. And it makes more strife because now you have nothing to do with that. Yeah. And when you have nothing to do with it. You're like confined. You can't do this. So the best way to, to back to your question, the best way to handle that is identify the symptoms mm-hmm. and collaborate with somebody that you can trust, that you can have that conversation, that mm-hmm. it doesn't go any further than the room, just like we're having right now. Yeah. If, we're, if you're sharing something with me, you're bringing a concern to me that would mm-hmm. be validated. And yeah. I'm going to listen because there's some trusted credibility that you're seeking. Yeah. And how do I see it, right? Mm-hmm. So my version of that would be see it from a lens and see it not emotionally, but objectively. Mm-hmm. And say, let me give you this advice. Yeah. You're in a situation that doesn't benefit you, mm-hmm. but you're putting yourself in there because you have obligations. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen when your health takes over your obligations? Yeah. What is when you start being ill because you're too busy committed to a work environment that doesn't serve you but then it becomes a haphazard situation where then you become ill and then you're not functional what do you yeah and you 
that's a great tie into to uh, there's there were stats that were done through the World Health Organization. This is pre pandemic stats. I want to say November 2019 or May, somewhere around there. They estimate that one trillion dollars is lost annually in productivity globally because environments in the workplace are not set up for people with depression and anxiety specifically. They're losing out on that, whether it's the employee calls in sick or they're showing up, but they're really not showing up because they're there, but they're mentally there with their kids at home or they're thinking about, you know, what TV show they watched or whatever. They're not putting that full effort into it. And how do we fix that? How do we improve on that if we can? Well, to your point is this, you have, everybody has weakness, right? And, and people, everybody has a threshold of mental stability and how much they can withstand. Yeah. Depression is, is not of the weak. It's you're being too strong for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it, it's times where you, it's like driving a car. Yeah. You got a new car and you're redlining it. You're mm-hmm. pushing it to the max. You're maxing yeah. it out. Yeah. And then the engine's going to blow. It's the same thing with mental health. Yeah. It's the same thing with depression because you have life issues, you have your own personal issues, you have mm-hmm. your medical issues, and then there becomes the peer issues from a work environment or yeah. your inner Yep. So now how do we handle that is identifying what your weaknesses are and what is it that you're willing to take and what is it that you're not willing to There's There's yeah. non-negotiable standards that you have to have within mm-hmm. yourself that you can break within yourself yeah. once you once you start negotiating your non-negotiables with other individuals to appease them you've lost that battle you've because totally lost not, it yeah they're not respecting or bringing any value or you lose you're devaluating who yeah. you are mm-hmm. and as a human being relationships are a priceless commodity yeah. There's billionaires, there's millionaires, there's people that are in high positions. But at the yeah. end of the day, we all have relationships, right? Yeah. So you tell me how much a relationship costs nowadays. Yeah. I mean, it's everything. It, it can make or break your reputation. Uh, it can make or break your next career move. It's relationships are everything in our mental health is hugely. It's one of the strongest predictors, our social health in regards to how our depression is if we have you know, if we are diagnosed with depression or if we haven't been diagnosed, but we really know we have it. If we don't have our social structure in place, whether it's friends, family, whether they're close by or we're actually reaching out to them or they're reaching out to us, um, that can be a huge shift in our happiness level. Um, yeah. Well, look, we have, everything's a shift, right? Yep. Let's put it, right? This pandemic is a filter, right? Yeah. If you have globally speaking, everybody went rampant. They started hoarding stuff. They started having <laughs> pandemic. They started going, I'm going to go to Costco and yep. Sam's and yep. stock all this. Not even being mindful of other people. Then yeah. the other thing, uh, the, the pandemic, <laughs> it's not going to affect me. But guess what? They, they didn't know they had COVID, right? Yep. And they gave it to their family. Yep. So I'll give you a scenario. My wife had COVID in mm-hmm. 2018. She had the classic symptoms. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is she's not asthmatic. I'm asthmatic. And when mm-hmm. I found out that she had no taste, smell, and everything else, that put stress on me. That put yeah. the pressure. Yeah, I got asthma. That would put stress on me too. <laughs> right. So now moving forward, we still have that scenario. It's been a year. And in that year, yeah. you've witnessed and you've experienced mm-hmm. people having challenges that they've yep. never had. Yeah. And 
would never expect that they had it, people losing their jobs, people yep. being home, people yeah. not able to pay their rent, people yep. getting asking for grants and funds, putting a lot of stress. And then other people in a crisis like this, you start seeing who they really are based mm-hmm. on their actions, not yep. their work, but their yep. deeds. Yep. And you start from one end of the spectrum, which is I'm going to help you up to the other side. Well, now you're vulnerable. Now I'm going to come after you. Now we're going to do yeah. this. Yeah. And that's what causes depression. Yeah. That's what the, uh, clu- uh, the true uh, diagnosis of a cancel culture, right? Yeah. The symptom mm-hmm. of what it is. And yeah. people need to identify that. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're spot on. And I think more people need to step up mm-hmm. and help and serve and, you know, ask how they can really add value um, because it's easier to be pulled down. It's easier to tear down a building than it is to build one up. Um, I think we're, we're going to see a lot more mental health businesses starting mental health nonprofits starting from this. Cause there's so, there's so many people that are struggling right now. I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. So I'm from Washington state. My, my family's back there for the most part. And my nephews in their school district, they are just now transitioning to part-time at the school building. My nephew, my youngest nephew, 10 years old, didn't know the months of the year. Wow. Forgot the months of the year. Why? Because you go to a classroom every single day and you see the visual of the one through hundred and the days of the week and the months of the year. And we don't think about how important those visual reminders are as kids because they're not writing down they're not using planners in elementary school I mean some of them are but for the most part like they're not writing things down in their to-do list right we wait until a little later in life for that um, here in the states Uh, but I think that there's there's going to be a lot a lot more need for support compassion kindness just be a decent human being I think we need to up the level of that though and be more aware on social media and in person Mm-hmm. Look, when we're talking about social media, if you've ever noticed that people are kind of cyberbullying and a lot of things, two things yeah. are happening, right? Cybersecurity and cyberbullying, right? Yeah. People hide behind their profiles and pretty much yeah. profess themselves that they're subject matter experts, but at the same time, yeah. they have their own self self-esteem, low-level thinking that they yep. think they have the uh, entitlement of yeah. attacking another person. Yep. What you're seeing is low-level people that are seeking opportunity versus uh, like us, like ourselves, mm-hmm. as high-level people seeking accountability. Yep. So opportunity is opportunistic. Uh, high-level is accountability. Like I'm talking to you, yeah. so what are you going to do about it? You got to hold yourself accountable versus exactly. going the other realm of that as well. And you're starting to see that not only in the kids, but overall in the unit. And people are justifying the COVID because of that. And what I say, those are hidden agendas that the COVID brought out. Mm, Interesting. Tell me more. Because that kind of love language that they've been talking about Mm -hmm. is think about how long we've been going at it. Let's say, and I'm not a politician the last four years, the last two years, and COVID Mm -hmm. was the icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. How much stress has it been going on? We're talking finances, everything mm-hmm. else, mm-hmm. demand, yeah. people feeling violated, people feeling highly offended. Mm-hmm. There's racism. There's yep. different things. Instead of the biggest thing that I can tell you is that we're missing that key component. 
the lack of humanity, yeah. right? It's only convenient during the holidays. It's only convenient when, hey, thank you for your service, Veterans Day. I don't want to tell you. Yeah. Don't tell me thank you for your service. You want to thank me for, pay my bill, get me a house, get me a job. Yeah. A lot of veterans have that same situation. Yeah. What brings me back to that point yeah. is that veterans have a hard time aligning with people that they can trust because they go to things, they believe in things that they're familiar with. If yeah. you're a veteran or family of a veteran that is relatable, then they can open up on this because okay. they all have their self, they have their issues. Yeah. It falls in lines with the first responders as well. Mm -hmm. First responders were, you know, essential workers that are veterans in the veteran community. Yeah. They have clients that ethos, what we believe in. But when we're in a subjective cancel culture, as we're speaking right now, due to a lot of factors, but as you well are aware of, mm -hmm. that cancel culture in itself has been running rampant and it hasn't been addressed, yeah. they see the symptoms, then we have an issue. What do you yeah. say? Yeah, and I'm hoping, even though it's a small den, I'm hoping that I'm able to help make a positive uh, flip of the script, if you will, uh, with with this terrible experience that I had, but also the beautiful solution that came. Literally, people came and rescued me that had no idea who I was from Adam, and they were veterans, are veterans, and first responders, many of them homeless people. I don't even know who they were restored my technologies. I mean, we're talking, I had two businesses completely shut down, emails locked, the worst of the worst. Someone breaks into my home all in that same week. Former business partner completely betrays me. I mean, you want to talk about getting kicked in the teeth while you're on the ground. The worst of the worst happens. And yet these people stood up and said, that's not acceptable. And for whatever reason, they looked through all my content online. They, they searched all my stuff and said, we want to help this person. We want to help Erin get back on her feet. Well, look, Erin, it's like this, right? You never know when you least expect it. You can't yep. judge a book by its cover, right? Yep. Yep. I can tell you this. Let's talk about homelessness, right? Yeah. I take from South Corona all the way down to mm -hmm. downtown Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Did you know by on the, on the sides of the railroad tracks, there are encampments Mm. of homeless people mm. this includes veterans and now let me share something with you i did a lot of peer support back with the va mm -hmm. some veterans choose to be homeless because they true. don't a lot aligned with today's general population mm -hmm. because they fear fearful a lot of homeless people are they suffer from mental illness mm -hmm. and as well as bad business decisions and addiction Yes. So you we yeah. cannot pass judgment on the on these people Absolutely. because that could be you or me living Absolutely. in the tent, yeah. you know, holding a sign. But yep. I, I tell you that I've seen like 10 or 15 encampments from the train ride all the way down to Los Angeles. When you hit the L.A. River, there's mm -hmm. one encampment that's about a half a mile long. Wow. And there's some veterans on there. Right. So yeah. we've dealt with everybody else. So here's the thing. To your point, people are going to come up and rise because they feel empowered to help people because yep. when you help and give back, you get yep. a lot of return. When Absolutely. people are more or less holding on to materialistic things, well, you can hold on to it, but it's going to disappear because at the end of the day, you're going to be gone. I'm going yep. to be gone. What kind of legacy 
we lead exactly. for future people to follow? Or what kind of role model can we establish in this platform to let people know that we have a voice? If we don't have, if you don't have a voice, we can speak for you and we can identify what you're going through because we've been through it. Yeah. So we we can embrace that situation and don't feel alone because we're not yeah. there to judge. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think you bring a great point. And uh, a lot of what you said really just kind of stuck out to me as what I've heard many times from Tony Robbins, who's, you know, multi-billionaire and he's also not just the money wise, but also helped a lot of people around the world reframe their thinking through um, NLP practice. And he talks a lot about appreciating the suck, right? Appreciate the good, the bad, because it helps to shape who we are but there's no greater power than helping someone else and being grateful. But contribution is one of the strongest things that we can actually do to help with our mental health, whether it's giving of our time or giving of our checkbook. Um, Really, I'm a strong proponent of that. Um, Haven't been big on the checkbook yet, but I know it's coming, but I know I can give of my time and and I'm just grateful well, for you being on the show and for many amazing people that have, you know, given and poured love into not just myself, but into my listeners. Cause I know there's somebody listening right now that is, is really appreciating your story is a former Marine. Maybe they work for UPS right now, or maybe they work at the VA or they're thinking about it. And now they're th- thinking another option for themselves. Uh, if they happen to be in the LA area, um, what do you think, I mean, you've had a lot of different experiences professionally and personally. What do you think helps you? What Maybe it's strategies you've learned or maybe it's something internal that you just have within you and that's helped to keep your mind in positive spaces when your surrounding area is not so positive. You know, it's a great question. For a long period of time, I'm a work, I'm a work in process, right? I, I've mm-hmm. aligned myself with some other individuals mm-hmm. to mentor me, to be a best version of myself, right? So personal development and, and, and explaining and taking the accountability that we're designed to be built with choice, right? God gave us the, that blessing of choice. We choose to go this way or we yep. choose to go, right? Yep. My choice was to take myself from that bad scenario and stop doing the reliving the pain and able to embrace it and move on. What I'm doing, what we're doing today is collaborating Mm -hmm. to share that these painful experiences are so painful. Sometimes it immobilizes us from developing, Mm -hmm. but at the same time for myself, I constantly align myself with people that are way smarter than me, people that are highly educated than me, people that are highly successful, because then it puts me in that level that I need to challenge myself. Yes. <laughs> so if you're if you're the smartest person in the group, you got to get another group because you're going to be pretty much on there. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is I've cut my ties with other people because I'm devoted in my relationship. Right. Yep. So I be alone with my marriage and versus being around the drama and yes. hearing people's we're going through a divorce. I'm going to get child support and they're repossessing my car. I haven't paid the bills. Yeah. You know, my kids are in foster care. That's a bad situation, but you and I have a choice not to be around it, right? We can support it, but we don't yeah. need to be around Yeah, love it's them a from distance. <laughs> right. So when it comes to, you know, first responders and veterans, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's like this. 
how can we be relatable and coachable to understand that, look, I sympathize with what you're going, but mm-hmm. you're a grown individual. You have to take accountability for your responsibilities. There's other resources that we can do. How about aligning? Let's collaborate. Then people get kind of panicking. What's in it for me? Right yeah. away, that's a bag. It's said, are you thinking about yourself or your yeah. practice that, yeah. hey, it's, um, I feel sorry for myself, but I expect something in return. Yeah. So when people were helping you out, they genuinely gave because they knew that yeah. you were in a scenario. So this puts you in a scenario where now you're giving back and we're having this platform to leverage that, put the yep. voice out there and yep. help other people to say, hey, this makes sense. Because yep. at the end of the day, what makes you successful is the little things you do day after day after day exactly. that brings greatness to you, right? Yeah. So if people understand that you you doing this you're not a multimillionaire, but you're successful. Mm-hmm. I have, I'm working for the federal government. I'm still married. I'm still, I'm not out in the street. I'm yep. successful. Yep. People are missing that. So yep. that's what that helps me out. What do you say? I love it. Great tips and, and great insight too. I think a lot of it has to do with how we define success. And for some people, they are going for the fame and the money and that's fine. Hey, if that's what you want to focus on, Uh, For me, I want to make a difference in this world that's so great. I want to help end depression and suicide globally. I know I will never do it in my lifetime, but I had to make such a big vision for myself that pulls me on those days when I don't feel like doing anything with the business. Let me put it to you this way. When we're talking about suicide, we're talking about bad thoughts that make make you do bad business decisions based on emotion. Yep. Talking about first responders, essential Workers, let me share something with you. I had a podcast with some people here in in, in Temecula. Mm-hmm. This lady was part of the city council and her, her boyfriend was a mortuary director. Mm. She shared this story that during the pandemic, there was a rash of suicides mm-hmm. that they couldn't even keep into the morgue. Now, mm. wow. What's happening is a lot of people are misinformed that any type of death falls under the COVID umbrella, Mm -hmm. but there's heart attacks, people committing suicide, there's murders, but they utilize that under the COVID. Back to my story. Suicide is very unfortunate. I've heard about three, three or four, you know, veterans that took their lives in the last couple of months. Here's another scenario. In the VA, prior to me leaving, I had four, uh, people that I knew that died of COVID, right? Two died in their car, you know, mm-hmm. two died on their car and because of a brain aneurysm, the two died mm-hmm. as far as, um, you know, of COVID situations. What mm-hmm. does that tell you? It doesn't guarantee where life is at, but yeah. these are real life scenarios that need to be addressed because it's specialized in mental health it specializes, it falls under the umbrella, again, a cancel culture. Yeah. It's, it, and we're talking about pre and post COVID and COVID's never gonna go away. Yeah. So, you know, I think that this is the way we need to go as far as mental health is because is it more in demand? What do you say? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think you're spot on with that. And I think having an understanding too of we don't know where someone is coming from in that particular day. We don't know if they just lost a loved one and they're high stress because they just lost somebody 
an hour ago and you're having a conversation with them and they're a little bit elevated. Maybe they're seeming a little bit agitated with you. Is it just have a little extra compassion and kindness because we don't know where they were at right before our conversation with them. Well, you don't know anybody's story until you can't walk from them. Here's a good example. I had a, a friend of mine, we were supervisors in UPS, right? Mm-hmm. So it's been about 10 years since mm-hmm. the last time. I had. So I found from another friend that he caught COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And then he caught COVID in the hub, went home and gave it to his wife. Then later his wife died. Mm-hmm. So now I'm, I haven't seen the guy. This yeah. guy, I remember him getting married and everything else. He's having a hard time. So these are realities of depression because here's yeah. his, his depression, right? Yeah. And then the other thing is the company's not supporting his situation, mm-hmm. which is another classic mm. case of cancel culture. Yep. So us bringing the awareness of what the true definition is mm-hmm. helps people understand that there is a situation like this there is a culture like that help them identify that help them understand the Mm -hmm. symptoms of what's going on the diagnosis of what is the traits so they're better prepared to how to handle that and not be over promised and under delivered based on their investment in their work their investment in in their family whatever the case may be they have to be aware of that that's why we're having this conversation because it's paramount that people know that and yeah. they have to be aware of it because this is the new thing and I don't think it's going to go away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think you bring a good point too in our relationships and that kind of ties in with the second pillar of Move Happy uh, because we are, you know, we are who we are when we surround ourselves with others um, and our social health is really a strong predictor of our either happiness or depression. And if we're given somebody COVID, obviously that's not a good thing. It's not positive for either one of us. Um, but on the positive end of things, what are some strategies or some tips during either pre-COVID or during COVID that you've learned as far as building relationships while kind of being a little bit isolated at home? Any Anything you've learned? Well, what I've learned is this. You have to take back your life, right? Yeah. Okay. Everybody has to have a purpose. If you don't have a purpose, you're going to die. Yep. Here's it. Everybody was pretty much so much freedom. Uh, I'm going to go to the mall. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to go have fun over here. I'm going to go yeah. out here. All yeah. that's taken away. Well, guess what? Now you're left by yourself. Yeah. Now you're left by yourself to identify yeah. what can I do to help me become successful? Yep. Hey, read books, listen to positive, uh, you know, affirmations. Look at things in YouTube that are positive. Stop, stop sticking to the negative stuff. Yep. Yep. You know, email a buddy email a friend, get somebody that can hold you accountable with pretty mm-hmm. much sponsorship, yeah. write things down that are built up in your system, like our negative. Mm-hmm. I mean, I find that when you're writing negative things down, you're, you're putting that energy and tr- you're transporting that energy in from your energy down to paper, right? Mm-hmm. Thoughts become things. So you yep. see that thing, you can be able to burn that out yeah. and say, you close that chapter. You have to yeah. stop reliving the person who you used to be because yeah. that was yet. Mm-hmm. So now what am I going to do today to be a better person for today and tomorrow? Mm-hmm. I mean, I have to be able to evolve myself. And this is where a lot of people fail to develop themselves yeah. to, to the point where they need to understand what's going on. Yeah. So that's what's helped me and yeah. work out. 
and yes. work out. Incredible. You know? I mean, work out, stay away from the fast food. I mean, a lot of people want to go to restaurants, they want to eat, but at the same time, you know, we took it for granted. Correct. You know, the nightlife, let's go to the cafe, we yep. go to the bar. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, so now, guess what? Life has taught us that, you know, we're going to take this away from you. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to show you what you're really all about with all these uh, accolades that were taken away. Now what you're going to do. Now what you're seeing is people losing their identity based on the resources that we had. Yeah. Now they have to be able to learn how to develop themselves without these resources. And what you're seeing is people lacking the knowledge because for so long we've had resources we didn't want to develop ourselves. Yeah. So that's what I got from that. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you said a couple of things that really stood out to me. First of all, writing, whether you're in an angry state and you need to let out some steam or you're wanting to reframe your mind and write, you mentioned affirmations, um, super powerful. It's in all kinds of literature as far as helping with our mental health to journal. Even if you're not a writer, writing things down, whether it's every night or just when you're going through a high transition state, maybe you lost a loved one, and you need to process it through writing. Um, that's a huge one. Here, here's what I think about, right? We're so used to calling people. Now everybody likes to text, inbox me. Guess what? Okay, that's fine. Let's get rid of that. Now, let's have a conversation where you, yep. have to develop your, you have to develop your speaking skills, your love language. How yep. can I speak to you? Where's your, people forget how to speak yeah. or they're, they, they choose not to develop their vocabulary yep. because they feel that, we have these smartphones, they can correct, auto-correct and everything else. But now yeah. we take that smartphone or everything, the tablet, now we're having a conversation. Let's have a conversation where, let me hear your intellect. Let's hear where you're coming from. Yeah. Let's see where your mind's at. And mm-hmm. I think that now with this scenario that's going on, we need to go back and go to the basics because just like you said, 10-year-old didn't know what was going on. That's yeah. a mind sponge, right? Kids at that age, they should be absorbing knowledge, not being much demand. That's why they're suffering from some form of depression because they don't know how to identify it because they're still young. They're still developing. So that that's kind of a indirect trauma because they, they live through that scenario. So they think it's okay, but it's not okay. You get what yeah, luckily they have grandma that's like, you know, teacher background. So she's like, okay, we're doing the months of the year and we're no, we're going to know this by the end of the weekend. So, uh, but not all those kids in that school district have a grandparent that's that closely, you know, um, helping out being that extra parent, if you will. Um, well, I, I'll put it to you this way, right? Um, I got back into to reading and listening. I have, uh, you know, I have mentors and I'm part of an insurance company called PHP, People Helping People. If you look up Patrick Ben David, right, mm-hmm. and Matt Sapala, these guys are two military guys, right? Mm-hmm. But this is the thing that they've, they've created. They created a system. It's all about personal development. Mm-hmm. They tell you, hey, you read a book yeah. once a month to develop yourself, or not, you get fired. And it's about being the best version of yourself. Ooh. Yeah. And then, right. And then the other thing is, how are you going to be able to help somebody else if you can't help yourself? Yep. How can I help you be successful if I don't have the tools and credentials to mm-hmm. give you the experience that I've went through to help you become successful? Yep. So that's why that's why I align with mentors of that quality because they're constantly thinking, reading, yep. challenging. So your yep. mind is constantly on point. 
So mm-hmm. that's why we're missing that kind of caveat during, excuse me, during the pandemic. And yeah. After the- yeah. And I think, I think that's, um, that's super key as well, because we got so used to having access to our smartphones, like you mentioned, and, oh, we could just look up that statistic, but how about when all of our moms and dads and businesses were on zoom all at the same time and all the internet was shut down. Do you remember that last summer? Cause I remember that. And then everybody's panicking. How are we going to run our business? How are we able to run school? Well, guess what? We have minds. We don't have to well, just use the internet. <laughs> well, that's my point. And this yeah. is exactly what we're talking about. We've relied on so many resources that is yeah. taken from, yeah. we live in the, powerful country in the most the highest consumable country in the world people come here from other countries and they develop businesses they become successful based on what we give but us as americans don't even see that because we're too consumed in our self-entitlement that we Mm -hmm. feel entitled to do stuff so when the internet goes by all chaos breaks out instead of going the internet went that way guess what before the internet we did this to that, mm-hmm. make it happen. Yeah. So the convenience is up. Yeah. So that's what's going on with that. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, you know, and you bring a good point too. It's like we have the resourcefulness within us if we believe that we have it. Whether it's asking for help from someone or getting a little bit creative with how we use our time, whether we're in the workplace, school, home, et cetera, et cetera. I know for me, when I, my business was shut down, my emails were locked up, couldn't go on social media because someone was following me and I find my iPhone, that was creepy. Uh, But what it taught me was, okay, what did I enjoy doing when I'm not on the computer? I love to sing and I love to write music. So that's what I started doing. I was doing a lot of journaling at that time, a lot, like probably seven journals in like two months, like just full out writing nonstop. And I wrote like eight songs in six weeks. And I hadn't written a song before that for like six years. So huge level of just creativity, just getting pumped out. For me, it's like looking back, I'm so grateful for the suck, right? For the bad thing that happened because I wouldn't have had those songs. Well, it's like this. Your productivity showed you the results of what you've done because everybody has the capability of productivity. This is what we're talking about, leisure living, right? We have so many resources. We're leisurely living. We're not doing the productivity unless it's it's handed to us. So therefore, your constant productivity helped you overcome these challenges and help you identify yourself of who you are. versus people feeling sorry for themselves and asking for a handout. I need, so people are losing their self-esteem and their Mm -hmm. thought process. And this is going back to second guessing yourself. Depression Mm -hmm. is easy. Blame it on COVID. Blame it. You can blame it on everybody else. But at the end of the day, when you go and look at yourself in the mirror to brush your teeth, who are you looking at? Yourself. Yep, exactly. Right? Yep. you you took how many no's to have yeses right now? You mm-hmm. took how many no's right now? You went through all these changes. No, this didn't happen. This didn't happen. This mm-hmm. didn't happen. To get what? To get the yes that you have right now. Yeah. So what I did for myself, I'll take as many no's as yeah. possible to provide a valuable, you know, balance work life work life balance for my family yeah. in order to be successful. And that's what people are missing on that yeah. point. Absolutely. And I think you bring a good point too, is that it's okay to hear no's 
for me, when I hear a no, it's a not yet. If it's something that I know I really want, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it some way. Maybe not, maybe not this year, but it'll, it'll happen. It'll be, if it's supposed to happen. It, you know, a no is also psychological. It's a takeaway, right? They see yeah. that you want, they want to take away from you, right? It yeah. puts you as well. You know, you, you're saying no to me. Nobody tells me no, right? <laughs> Nobody yeah. tells me no. You're not going to tell me no in my face, right? <laughs> or you're not going to tell me no on an email. That's even worse, right? Yeah. Because, yeah, no, you're not accepted because of this. Yeah. See, you're not accepted. Yeah. Said, the kind of crap is that? And yeah. That, that's more cowardly yeah. than someone telling you no. Right. Yeah. And yeah. It, I believe it takes a lot of guts to tell somebody, no, you can't have it. Yeah. Uh, we decided to move on forward with other candidates and no, you're not selected. Oh, that happened to me this last week. <laughs> Ooh. But you know, what's funny. Is it, is that all right? If I talk about it a little bit? Yeah, of course. Real on the show. Uh, so we're on this conversation. This is a regional sales manager role, new industry, never worked in the industry before three to 5 million responsibility for my territory plus growing at 20%. I'm like, I could do that. That's fine. It's no problem. Didn't get the job. Didn't work out. But here's what he said. If you think it would be of value to your brand, we'd love to talk about in the future, getting on your podcast. I said, you know, I think we could have that conversation and additionally, I think because you work with the government and have some military contracts, I've got a nonprofit I just launched for our veterans and first responders. I think it would benefit you to grow your brand nationally to be a premier sponsor for my nonprofit. He said, sure. So yeah. I turned that no into he's probably going to help out their business. They have the money to do it if they want to, if they really care about our veterans. And they're probably listening right now once we get this aired. So there's your nudge. <laughs> but so, really, I mean. <laughs> I got two. I got two stories for you. Right? All right. I got, I'm ready. <laughs> right. Three stories. You know, I've been applying for LinkedIn for a long period of time. Right. Uh -huh. So my qualifications speak. Right. Let's just say, oh, a recruiter calls me. Right. Mm -hmm. OK. Hey, your your resume is impeccable. Your experience. I looked at your profile is outstanding. Mm -hmm. So we want to hire you. Do you have your degrees? And I go, no. But it says on your resume, I said, my resume says I attended the schools. So we won't be able to hire you. I said, why? Because you don't have the degree. I have over 35 years of experience. You just told me I have an outstanding everything else. Yeah. Do you have a high school diploma at least? And I said, yes. Well, well you're going to have to withdraw your application because they're going to vet you out. But here is a recruiter, wow. right? That's going through my profile, right? Uh -huh. And, and is seeing everything. And then now when we're having that conversation, I didn't say nothing. I didn't want to be disrespectful, mm -hmm. but in my back of my, in the back of my mind is bullshit. I'm not going to do that. Absolutely. I, I'm not going to do that. Why are you going to give me all these accolades? And because of a piece of paper, Mm -hmm. That might be sufficient, but the work experience is more important than what it is. Yeah. That can be transferable skills that can be able yep. to bring back a return investment. Absolutely. You don't want to bring No. Another scenario, another uh, high profile, you know, military contracting gig. Guy interviews me. Okay. Hey, I love the way you talk, Hiram. I love this, everything else. 
you know, we can see you doing this job. I can see why you're such a powerful leader. I said, great. So question again, you have your degree? He said, nope. Well, it says this. I said, no, I know what it says, right? Mm -hmm. So the conversation abruptly ends, right? I call him back, he doesn't answer. I get an email mm -hmm. from this individual. This individual says, oh, based on your qualifications <laughs> and the council, right? Mm -hmm. They find that, you know, you're not qualified and we're looking for highly competitive professional people. High caliber people and you do not fit the quota. All right? Wow. The last one, I go to a job interview, right? Mm -hmm. Recruiter comes up there. Hey, you great job. Meet this interview. This is for a construction company locally. Mm -hmm. So I'm all jazzed up, right? Thinking I'm going to be working home. I go to the interview. I talk to the guy in the interview. It's great. They're military, you know, prior military. Yeah. So I go to the office, you know, I meet this other guy. He's a safety manager. And we sit down and says, so, you know, we're veterans, right? We can speak this way. So... Excuse me. He goes, so what do you want? Just like that. I said, what do you mean what I want? I want an opportunity. Yeah. That was the first you know? question out of his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're, you're wow. witnessing quite a few things, right? There's, there's, I've learned that this, right? You can't put too much of a long history because there is a thing called ageism in yes. social media, right? Yeah. People will not understand. They'll be frustrated. I've seen a lot of people. It took me a year to get into this other job, but I can tell you the heartaches and the disappointment and the blunt disrespect mm -hmm. and the lack of professionalism when people like yourself or me are pursuing other yeah. careers. Yeah. So I, I get what you're coming from. So yeah. I've lived the dream like you have. Yeah. And we just have to keep going. And for those that are listening or watching this on the vlog, Keep applying. If you're looking for a job right now, like don't give up, you know, reach mm -hmm. out. LinkedIn is super powerful. Reach out to whether it's either of us or reach out to people and ask them for recommendations and referrals because it's really, it's a really powerful tool. It's really powerful. I, look, LinkedIn has changed a lot of ways, right? What I've done is been able to leverage YouTube, which is a very valuable to our social media, not only for other, you know, podcasts, but educational. Hey, learn how to write a resume. There's resume, uh, resume writers on LinkedIn. I had one yeah. that helped me out. Yeah. There's ways of uh, doing public speaking, how to do, uh, you know, how to filter your talk and learn how to win a phone call interview, how mm -hmm. to prepare yourself. There's mm -hmm. so many valuable tools out there, but a lot of people are just caught up on the, you know, low level things that are that are going to get them by they think they're going to be able to wing this out there when yeah. you're out there job hunting you only have a first you have one time to make a first impression you don't have the second time to do that yeah so yeah. you know my 100%. story i want to share with you 100 100 percent. and you've landed a new one how long you've been in the role now uh this one it's uh it's uh one month one month and so I, how are you feeling about it well, you know, I'm working from home, so, you know, yeah. I'm grateful. So for so many years of driving, doing 150 miles a day, right, six days Ooh. a week, 
from South Corona all the way down to LA, right? Yeah, that's a... so. Whew. And I and think about it. I'm using a a, a a Honda Civic. Yes, I'm driving a Honda Civic because it saves me gas and it's yeah. Fine. Yeah. So, so during the pandemic, there was no traffic. So the fastest I've gotten into Los Angeles was 35 minutes. Oh, wow. And I was doing 90, right? Yeah. And somebody blowing by me, I'm doing 120. Uh-huh. But I had to get up early in the morning from, I get up at 2.15 in the morning to leave my house at quarter to three <sighs> to beat the traffic. Yeah. And I get there about 40 minutes and then sleep in my car for, for next two hours. Then, oh, wow. And then, you know, we have our transponder to, to, to use the toll road. I would use that coming back because going back on the 91, that's a two and a half hour ride in the parking lot. Oh, so, gross. So six years of doing that versus me working <laughs> once, twice a week at the office and I take yeah. the train. And I'm working. <laughs> so sometimes it's not about the money. Yeah. It's about the quality of life. Yeah. My wife's me. So she's saying, hey, you better pay attention to your, your computer. You're on probation. Yes, I understand that. But at the same time, you can't buy that. I mean, how many yeah. people are applying for jobs to work at home? Yes. You get so yeah. I'm going to make do with what I have. I'm mm-hmm. grateful for what I have based on yeah. what I went. Yeah. So, and, you know, when we're talking to people, they should continue to not quit on themselves. Yes. Because society wants you to quit on yourself. Yeah. Right? You went through your stuff. Yeah. I went through my stuff. We're yeah. still here talking about yeah. As a matter of fact, we're laughing about it because yeah. it was, like, laughable now, but it wasn't laughable yeah. then, right? Yeah, no. And, we, <laughs> and, and, we, and we're pretty certain, we're clear and certain about what we went through. So if this conversation can help people empower themselves and say, everybody has a challenge in the story, there's reasons and excuses, but you can't have both. You can't have both. And that's what we're talking about in this this scenario. It goes back to choices, reasons, and excuses, and how you define yourself and how do you allow yourself to keep your word for non-negotiable items that are built in your DNA. If that makes sense to you. Yes, yes, absolutely. And you talked earlier about one of the things that has helped you is working out. Um, Our third pillar of Move Happy is all about movement, of course, doing things we love to do. What is your favorite way to move your body that doesn't (laughs) cost a lot? (laughs) Look, let me tell you, um, I work out now. I mean, I I just turned 60. I got to work out every freaking day. I would not have guessed that. Well, that's, uh, I'm disclosing that. So prior to that, you know, I just take my wife. We used to go salsa dancing all the time. and dance oh, fun. So I think that the movement of the body does a couple of things, right? Mm-hmm. And release the toxins, right? Yes. And raise the endorphins. It helps you rejuvenate, perspires. It helps you interact with people. Yes. Especially if you're dancing, it teaches you that you still have your motor skills and have mm-hmm. to create your memory because mm-hmm. you're going back to thinking what moves you're doing and everything yes. else. So it helps you bring a lighter, a, a better perspective on your life and you're not dead, you know? So yes. if you're still having that, your body's still intact and you're standing, you should be able to enjoy the music Mm-hmm. of life and do whatever you can because yeah. we're all gonna die yeah it's just how might as well have a good time <laughs> we might as well choose. i mean seriously you know 
I look at it this way. Uh, I, I have to emphasize that I would have never thought that I got to this point in my life and turning 60. And I could tell you that at that point, the trigger of hitting 60 told me, wow, I just turned 60. Where did 60 years go by? So quick, right? Now that I'm looking at down the road, uh, 70's not that far away. Before mm -hmm. you know it, I'm 70. Before you know, I'm 80. So yeah. between those 20 years, life happens, a lot of illness happens. So yeah. we can't take that for granted because everybody has this guarantee in mind that my house is just more important than my my personal evaluation. That's why you're seeing a lot of people in, during the pandemic, there was a lot of high rate of GoFundMes. There was a high rate of, you know, they can't bury the bodies. There's a high rate of debt. Yeah. People are not paying attention that your most valuable commodity is yourself. Yeah. Why don't you yourself and insure yourself yeah. to make sure that you don't put the burden on your family because you live every day and you die once. The yeah. one time you die, if you're not planning to make sure that you take care of your family, then you just did a disservice, not only to yourself, but yeah. the family, because now they have to live through that. Wouldn't yeah. you agree? Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. And I love that you mentioned salsa dancing, a quick story to tie it in. So this whole move happy thing started in a psychiatric hospital. I worked in long-term stay. They were there for at least 180 days, six months, some up to 30 years. And in my first round, I got to run it three, pro, three rounds. First round of the program, I had a gal that cried every day in the hallway between groups. Um, she was gang raped, like real bad stuff happened to her. And she right. was in my group. I didn't know her that well um, because it was still, I want to say like a month at me starting working there when I created the program. Like very, I was very fresh meat there. And my colleague, licensed therapist, she pulls me out after, after groups. I was the last group of the day. And she says, Aaron, do you have any idea what I just saw? And I said, I'm like walking around the room and I'm scanning, you know, and I'm making sure I'm demonstrating the moves and things. And it was a station day and I had a salsa station and the particular patient that was always crying in the holiday, she was laughing, smiling and dancing. And I was like, okay, like that to me is normal feelings when you're dancing, right? She says, Aaron, she has never smiled. I have worked with her one-on-one -on -one for four years. And I was like, holy moly. She said, I didn't know she liked dance. And it was just one simple station when the, within the workout. Dance is so powerful to help with our mood. More so, I mean, it's great for our fitness. Yeah, but it's for your mood. But I it's agree. so much, so powerful. <laughs> If you notice that that's the biggest thing that's that people are, 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 are losing, right? We're talking, yeah. simple, right? The yeah. ability to dance, the, the ability to enjoy music, the ability yeah. to, that, that certain songs uh, define your past, yeah. your present, yeah. and what can happen in the future. Certain yeah. songs kind of stick in your mind that, wow, it's reminiscing. Yeah. Or certain songs that emotionally invoke your emotions to the point yeah. where, I can feel great about this because mm -hmm. music is something that, you know, is very important in our lifestyle. Yeah. And also like my dogs, man, when they listen to the music, they're all calm. They're all mm -hmm. liking that. So, <laughs> so, you know, when somebody like that, that has acute mental illnesses, right. Challenges like mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. they probably still have that point of happiness in themselves. Yep. That's why we should never categorize somebody that's so, mentally messed up yep. whether they're having 
depression or PTSD because at one time they were intact. Now that yep. they're broken, doesn't mean that they're broken for different reasons. Yeah. They're just broken, but they're functioning in a way that only they can understand, yeah. that they can relate to, and they need to find people that they can relate to that have the same problem yeah. so they can be accepted. Yep. So when that, that scenario happens mm-hmm. and they, they find themselves resistant or resentment, Mm-hmm. Those are ways, again, of depression because people are subjected themselves to yeah. cancel culture because they feel that they shouldn't act that way. Yeah. But at the same time, they want to feel validated when they're going through that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you bring a good point, too. I think traditional mental health services, whether it be therapy, group therapy, counseling, whatever you want to call it, traditionally, you know, over hundreds of years is focused on the problem. Let's focus on the problem. Let's process through the problem. And then you're good. Positive psychology, on the other hand, it's only really been out for a couple decades, like actually in white papers, literature backed by, you know, scientists and whatnot, but it doesn't focus on the problem. Yes, you acknowledge the problem, but what you focus on is solutions. You focus Correct. on what does the person enjoy doing? How can we get them contributing, giving to others so they're not focused on their own misery right now, but they can help others. And through helping others, through gratitude, through giving, through compassion and kindness, heal on that journey while also benefiting people around them. And I think that's what made it different in that hospital because nobody had ever done that before. No one had ever really combine that too along with the fitness and whatnot um so i'm glad that you brought the the salsa dancing in because i was like oh we got to talk about that for sure (laughs) well another person that's very influential if you ever look on youtube dr joe dispenser dr joe dispenser i love him that man has put things in perspective this man was an athlete got hit was paralyzed and thought his process and changed the perception of how he viewed things and mentored and be able to service the community of how they do things. Yeah. If people would take time to understand that there's possibilities with that, they could be beneficial. But then again, when we're talking about, hey, I don't have time for that. Well, mm-hmm. okay, you don't have time for that, but you have time for this. This is where you call people out. They call themselves out. I don't have time for that. You yeah. choose not to have time for that. Yes. But when you're at the bar and you're crying the blues at the first round and you start mm-hmm. talking after you get liquored up, Well, my wife left me. She was cheating. You know, Mm -hmm. she took my bank card. They Mm -hmm. went to Hawaii, whatever the case. And you're crying the blues. That's a form of therapy, but you're paying for it to to, to perfect strangers that really don't care. Yeah. Right. They see (laughs) your phone. They they, they don't care. I mean, I worked in a nightclub. I would see these people. They were crying (laughs) the blues when I was a security guard. And Mm -hmm. they would go like, man, this is going on. I said, bro. This is about the third time you told me this. What are you going to do? Yeah. And I'm trying to do it. I said, well, you trying is you thinking about it. Yeah. And you're holding this glass of cognac. And how much have you spent on the cognac? Well, yeah. I got a hundred. I said, you could have gone to see therapy for that time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Those people, they choose it when they don't have enough time. It's convenient when they don't have enough time. Yeah. You know? hundred percent. And that's something that happens sometimes when it might be a friend conversation or it might be a, a stranger in a bar because they're too loose after having too many drinks is, Oh, okay. Are you venting or do you want me to help you solve it? That's a quick way to shift the conversation. 
because I do that all the time. <laughs> help, help me help you. Help yeah. me help you. Yeah. This is what I mean. Help me help you because you're not helping yourself. Exactly. You know, you're coming to me. You're asking for sympathy. I'll give you the towel. But at the end of the day, you're going to go sleep with yourself. Your ass is going to wake up throwing up and probably going, you're probably passed out. Yeah. You know, you won't know what the hell happened. Then you're going to say, that wasn't me, Hiram. Of course that was you. Yeah. So your bad choices of being the influence was your form of therapy, but the problem is still there waiting for you. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, and thank you for that. Um, what, you know, what are you really excited about, focused on, passionate about that we can support you with here at Move Happy? This has been really, really fun talking. So look, like I said, I have a different direction. I'm looking at, I'm living at the last third of my life, right? Mm -hmm. I'm looking at making sure what quality of life I'm talking about. The support I'm looking at is people, uh, you know, listening to the message, right? I'm out there, veterans, also they're helping families in the insurance business and people helping people. Yeah. Right? We're looking for average people that can't afford insurance, but they need to protect themselves because yeah. their mentality is, it's never going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. It's never yeah. going to happen to me. Yeah. And I think that the importance of taking accountability for yourself and financially taking, empowering themselves and knowing about finance, yeah. knowing about finance is being done and knowing that there are people that genuinely care. That's what I'm all about because being transparent on what I say in my message is very valuable because at the end of the day, it's my word. I'm not going to break it to you or break it for somebody else. Right. Mm -hmm. Trust and credibility. Transparency is there is helping people understand that they can help themselves if they choose to go out there and listen and follow and say, hey, I want to be mentored. How yeah. can I be mentored to be successful? So, you know, people reaching out to me, they can look me up at LinkedIn. They can reach out to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife in the business now, insurance, she's excited about, awesome. you know, she's a she's been a hairstylist for 27 years, right? Oh, cool. She had that cancel culture in the last, you know, environment that she was in. Mm-hmm. And I was going like, look, you're at a certain age. Let's talk about business. So yeah. we have to reinvent ourselves. So yeah. what people are failing to do is that, think about this, Aaron. Eventually, you have to reinvent yourself. There's going to be another stick in your life. You're going to have to reinvent yourself. Yeah. So we have so many options. So we're reinventing ourselves. So we want to be able to share the public that, hey, we're out there to help people. Yeah. We're, we're asking. We're not asking for anything. We're just asking for an opportunity. Just hear what we have to say. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's your decision. In a yeah. pick for you, that's fine. But at least yeah. you got the. So that's all I'm yeah. gonna say. Love it. So we'll definitely drop your link uh, when we post this. Uh, this will come out on Monday. And then I always love to close out the show with you know a fun random impromptu question. And you kind of talked a little bit about you know fun dancing with your wife when you're not working. Is is salsa dance? Is that your favorite thing to do with your wife, or what? How do you enjoy? Um, what's your favorite thing with your wife? When you're not working. Look, I, you know what? I've learned this, right? I was a bad dude back in the day. I mean, if you knew me freaking 10 years ago, you would be, you would throw the cross and holy water because <laughs> guy was bad. I was a nightclub owl. I mean, I was living in the nightclubs for four mm-hmm. nights a week, mm-hmm. you know, dating different women. To me right now, 
I, I'm, I'm very content to, to the point that when you have a partner in life, you have to be able to do everything because the moments are precious, right? Yeah. So the, the moments are whatever you share that can, you have memories because at the end of the day, when you spend time with people, right, or somebody that you love, you can't put a price on memories, right? Mm-hmm. You can't. So yeah. memories are priceless commodity. So mm-hmm. what I like to do is spend time with my, life, with my wife and say, hey, do this because I'm done with the club scene. Yeah. I've been retired. I don't like hanging out in the man caves. That's good for, you know, man thing. But at the cer- certain time, when you're constantly going to the man caves, there's an issue because yep. you're not working at home. Yep. So <laughs> I like to just, you know, spend time with my family and be at peace with it and, mm-hmm. you know, network with everybody else and yeah. just work out and just have a good life like anybody else. You know, that's okay. about it. No more, no less. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And I think more people should be focused on enjoying the memories, creating memories, because that's really at the end of the day, all we have is our memories with our people that we love. Well, it's like this, Erin, think about it. This is going to last, you know, we live through this. Yep. This is never going to go away in our minds, right? This never. is going to be a point. It's, 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 it's implanted in our head, right? Yeah. Bipartisan, right? Yeah. A disclosure that's pretty much like you lived through the pandemic. How was it? It sucked. Yeah. What right? Yeah. You're going to be, well, how was it? You know, it was like this. I mean, it's the same thing versus you going out with your friend, mm-hmm. you know, your relationship. Mm-hmm. I had a great time. No one's going to take that away from you. Who else yep. is going to take that away from you but yourself? Yep. Yeah. You know? This is going so. down in the history books. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been incredible. Uh, would love to have you back on the show uh, for a follow-up session down the road. Uh, maybe have your wife pop in and give her sure. perspective as well. Um, thank you so much again for your time. I really appreciate this. And likewise, and I appreciate... Uh, you taking the time out, you were going to the gym, it was Friday, I'll go first thing in the morning, I got that locked down. But <laughs> no, your, 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 uh, your work speaks in high volumes. I mean, you seeking out to me on LinkedIn and everything else speaks a lot of, you know, how important it is. And I think that, and I know that this message will reach out and touch quite a few people because this can be very much relatable to yeah. their experiences. and. Yeah. Who's to say they, you know, get some comeback from, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think we both were real raw today. So I appreciate your authenticity. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We didn't curse that much, but it was like, we'll keep it pretty much raw. Because um, learning a public speaking, I was watching it today, is like, hey, you got to be able to take the curse words out and you got to be able to be passionate and have the energy and know your stories and come back and everything else. So prior to the... uh, you know, podcast, I was studying that. So I figured I'd be able to do well. You've done very well. Gary V would disagree with that. He curses all the time and all of his content. He's turned down a lot of money. He said publicly because he said, I will be myself. If I lose business, it's with someone I don't want to do business with anyway. So you just be yourself. (laughs) That's That's my (laughs) So once again, right. If people want to, you know, check me out, just look at LinkedIn. Uh, My Mm -hmm. wife's on, uh, Lorraine Figueroa on LinkedIn, and we are the PHP People Helping People, and and it's run by Patrick and David, who's mm-hmm. the CEO of uh, People Helping People. He was a uh, he came from Iran. He's a he's a United States Army veteran. Matt Sapolis, Money Smart Movement, also 
He's a United States Marine, both multi-millionaires. So I align with people like that and they're yep. from the veteran community. So awesome. it's pretty legit. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Really appreciate your time and we'll be in touch. <laughs> All right. Take care. All right. You too. All right. That's a wrap folks. Thank you so much for listening to the move happy movement podcast. I hope that you learned something today. I hope that we added value to you. If we did, it would mean the world to me. If you would screenshot a certain part of this episode, post it and tag us on social media, maybe write a couple sentences of what really stood out to you or what action you're going to take in your life as a result from what we talked about. You can go ahead and tag us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, the little at sign, the real move happy. You can tag us on Twitter, the little at sign move happy team, T E A M. And on Snapchat, you can snap us a pic at the move happy. On LinkedIn, you can tag me on my professional page, Erin Nicole, founder of Move Happy. And you can also tag our business page, which is the at sign move dash happy and we're also recently on clubhouse though there isn't a way for you to post on there you can certainly talk to others about it Uh, if we're not connected yet go ahead and follow me on there the little at sign move happy erin e-r-i-n and if you believe in prayer and you're needing some prayer right now or maybe you want to do some praise uh, for some blessings that have you know, been poured onto your life right now. Every Tuesday night, I go live and facilitate prayer from 7 to 8 p.m. Central Time Zone. That's one hour behind New York, so it would be 8 p.m. New York, and it would be 5 p.m. if you're on the West Coast, California, Washington, etc. Um, really love and honor all of you that are helping spread the word, spread the mission of empowering the depressed to move towards their own happiness. I know I can't do it by myself and I'm so honored and grateful that you're taking time to listen to this show. We are running a fun contest to help increase the downloads because I don't pay for ads. I don't pay for bots. Um, This is all natural word of mouth advertising, if you will, uh, because you are gaining something from this and you're sharing it with a friend. So I really appreciate you all. Because of your hard work in helping me spread this brand, I'm giving you guys, uh, especially those that are regularly sharing content, going on iTunes and doing reviews of of the show, I'm actually hosting a VIP concert online. It's invite only. You have to get my attention from sharing content, from demonstrating that you are applying what we talk about through any of my social media platforms and especially on this podcast. Uh, Once we hit 10,000 downloads, the first invite will be sent out. So you definitely want to be regularly sharing to keep my attention. So I'm going to check and you can check this 24 seven to see our status for our downloads of this episode or excuse me of the show. Um, if you go to the move happy.podbean.com. So I'm going to check it as of 11, 16 AM Sunday, March 28th. One second here. All right, we're at 2,425 downloads. That's over 2,000 listens to the show. You guys, this is only episode 93. I'm so blown away. Thank you so much for continuing to share. And I know there's some that have millions and millions of downloads each episode. That's okay. I'm not comparing 
this show and my mission to other people because God has been able to use even the small numbers to make huge global impact already. I see it in the testimonials when I get DMs from you guys. Um, Those that uh, participated in my VIP networking party last fall from overseas in Canada, sharing uh, my tagline with the whole the whole community um, that was a part of that and telling them my tagline, I know you're listening and I know that I'm making an impact. So the more, the more, the merrier, um, definitely want to share some more because we're a few thousand away from getting that first invite. I love you all. And thank you again for your support. And I should also mention not to be confused with our veterans and first responders concert series. That is every month for free. If you are a veteran, first responder, or family member, or close friend, definitely want to get me your email address to add you to the list. For all U.S. and U.S. friendly country citizens, you can either email me, Erin, E-R-I-N, at themovehappy.com, or you can DM me on any social media. Don't forget to tell someone you love them today. See you next week, guys.